Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for joining me today. Hope your weekend was good. We're going to have a wonderful show. Uh, my friend Patrick's going to be on in just a minute. And then the Monday afternoon mix with Miles Arnold and Maxwell. And now it's Monday, and I love Mondays. And we always get things started with uh, my friend and colleague from the great state of Iowa, although I think he's in the, uh, the great state of Florida today, Patrick Albanese. Patrick, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. I, I am. I am. I am working overtime trying to relax <laughs> in the great state of Florida. And what is it like traveling in COVID? You probably had a mask on for four or five hours in a row, didn't you? Yeah, that part, you know, uh, I, and I dreaded it. My kids were dreading it. And, uh, uh, you know, so the minute you set foot in the airport, you're you're wearing a mask. But you know, I tell you, it is kind of like the heyday of travel when you say, well, there's not very many people here. It's kind of easy going through the security checkpoint. And everybody's like, hey, how's it? it feels like Mayberry. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So and there's plenty of space on the plane. And it's it's odd, too, because like, we get in the plane and they're doing the normal safety announcements. And I'm thinking, why am I wearing a mask? Can I just pull that sucker down from the ceiling? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why don't you guys just oxygenate me the whole way there? Because. You know, they used to open restaurants. I think Woody Harrelson had places in Los Angeles where you just go in and you would breathe air. Yeah, they had oxygen. Said, you got a mask? Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I, I fell asleep for a brief moment. And when I woke up, I, I was kind of disoriented. And, uh, you know, I've got this mask on my face and I thought, oh, we're going down. <laughs> <laughs> so I somebody had slipped the mask over my face. I, but, would, uh, I would imagine the flight offered nothing in terms of food or beverage. I mean, it's basically you'll get nothing and like it. You know what? They actually did offer things, and I think it's the least they could do for charging extra for every piece of carry-on baggage. <laughs> you know, I, I learned you have to rename things. Uh, like if you say something's carry-on, they go, "Ooh, that's fifty dollars," but personal items are free. So you know, you start you bring things in, everything's a personal item. You're like, "Oh, this this sofa <laughs> I'm bringing with me." Is, very personal, very personal. Uh-huh. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it was, uh, but they, they actually had, did do a, a food service and, uh, but not, not much of a food service. It was just kind of one of those horse feed bags they put it right over your face so you can take your mask off. Now. <laughs> <laughs> and what's and, it? And, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say it's, it, and it's affected everything. You know, kind of here, it's, um, we're on Sanibel, the only other, so I know when you go up, you're up in Minnesota, and you always see these Jerry's uh, grocery stores, and I go, there's a Jerry's grocery store here, and I look it up, and I go, sure, sure enough, it's the same chain, you got a bunch of them in Minnesota, and one in sunny Florida, and I'm thinking, Jerry's a genius, you know, I mean, every now and then, he'd probably say, uh, looks like one of the stores run a little low on toothpicks. I'm just going to run them down here. <laughs> Wouldn't it be the one in South Florida? Would it, Jerry? Yeah, I don't know what's going on with the toothpicks down in South Florida. Yeah, but I better run some of these down here. Jerry's need the one box. 
Jerry was a very smart guy, and he had a place in, in Sanibel, so he'd go down there in the winters and figure, why not have a grocery store as well? Yeah, because he saw the price of groceries here and said, I think I can do better. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what's, was, it, what's it like at the resort? Are you finding that um, there, there's people there, or are you, is it quiet, or what's going on? I'm just curious. This is an interesting window into, into summer travel. Yeah, it's pretty quiet. You know, there there are, are some people here. Uh, you know, there there was a big rush at the check-in of I don't know six families. Uh, but of course, you know, COVID sort of changes everything. Like we went to one of our our, our favorite little, you know, beachside places to grab a snack and uh, a beach bungalow. It's got one of those cool names, you know. You know, it's a scullywags. You know, and uh, I say we and we had like the hot dog because we still go there. You should get a little hot dog for the kids, and they go, yeah, yeah, we don't have those. I say, well, what the three dollar hot dog? What happened to the three dollar hot dog? They said, I can't do them. So the COVID, the COVID, due to COVID, everything's due to COVID, right? <laughs> yeah. Thinking, well, why can't you serve a, a hot dog because of COVID? Oh, it's the buns. You know, our hands can't touch the a bread product. Oh. I go, okay. So, well, what are the options then? We can get the eighteen dollar taco or the thirty two dollar cheese wrap. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, well, well, don't you have to touch the bread products? And they go, oh no, we use gloves for those. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's like everything's due to COVID. You, you go, we check in and they said, uh, here's a $100 voucher uh, you can use anywhere because we're really just apologizing because everything's closed due to COVID. Well, where, where can we use this? You can't use it anymore. It's all closed due to COVID, but it's worth $100. <laughs> you know, we said we hit the water slide and they go, we have a new new height requirement due to COVID. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> this seems kind of crazy to me. Well, the old height requirement was like 42 inches. My kids are kind of tall. I go, what's the new height requirement? Like eight foot seven. Eight foot seven. <laughs> I go, well, is there anybody in there? They go, yeah, just that guy from the Guinness book. You know, he's he's having a ball. So it's everywhere we turn. Uh, we did find one, one, of the, one of the attractions. There was one attraction that was open uh, for no cost. It's the No Seam Museum, which... <laughs> What is the no museum? It's where we we keep all the no All the varieties of no <laughs> They're too small to see. You can't see them. Right. And uh, I said to the guy, I go, well, what is that like? He goes, yeah, it's not much to look at. <laughs> You're not kidding. Yeah. So they're, they're, they're going to a room full of plexiglass boxes. Oh, funny. <laughs> their bites are yeah. disproportionate to their size. You get bit by a no oh. and you know it. Yes. Yes, and and they're they're swarmers. They say we may be small, but we're we're also mighty, and we work in numbers. Yeah, uh, they'll take you down by you, you sheer numbers. Yeah, and you think the whole thing when people tell you about noceums. Oh, when you go down there, you you watch out for the noceums, and you think, but this is a made up word. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it may they may be noceums, but they are. They should be called. I sure do feel them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I I was laughing because you were telling yeah. me about the trolley they have on on this property, and the speed limit's nineteen miles an hour. Who came up with that idea? Why nineteen? <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, I it, my only thought is you know perhaps they say it's just illegal to go any faster than a manatee down here. <laughs> but and nineteen is the fastest a manatee can go. I think something like that. Yeah, the golf so they. They're golf carts. Now, we're staying in one of these rental condos, right? And you, you rent a car at the airport. You drive 90 minutes to get here. And, of course, 
you know, the, the rental car gives you away and the, the out-of-town plates give you away. And then you go down the street if you're not on the trolley and there's people in golf carts and they appear to have an attitude <laughs> because they're like, ah, I see that you have Montana plates on a Hyundai. <laughs> yeah, you're not so, from around here, are you? Out of town. You're not from around here. We happen to live here because we have a golf cart. And uh, yeah, there's a pecking order, cart. and you're at the bottom of the pole. You're at the bottom of the totem pole, just so you know. You should we be are, lucky to be yeah. there with your hundred dollar gift voucher. Yeah, and they 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 often I think they kind of look at you with that that sort of squinted eye that says we're going to track down the people that have a condo here that rented it to people like you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's, let's talk about the value of family time together and, and how important it is just to be together doing something different because you guys have been in Des Moines, sequestered at home. Now you're out uh, sequestered in Sanibel. Yes, and uh, my wife made the rounds calling uh, friends, you know, families, and saying, are you in need of a vacation? We found this great place. They have great deals. It's practically deserted. Here's a, you know, she would send them screenshots from their, their video cams and there's nobody on the beach. And so um, we, we talked to family into coming and they happened, their two kids happened to be great friends with our two kids. Uh, you know, my son and their son are best friends practically from the day they were born. They're just, they're weeks nice. apart and they've been hanging out since then. They are in, they're just having a ball and they're swimming in the ocean. And then we go swimming in the, there's 11 pools here. Uh, in fact, the, the pool, I mean, it's like bath water, which is great mm -hmm. because the bath water here is like the polar bear club. <laughs> it's a little, <laughs> a little bit rough. Mm -hmm. So we head down to the pool with a bar of soap and some shampoo. We're good. Uh, but uh, it, so this family time, and uh, as you know, you know me well enough to know that I actually do have to be dragged kicking and screaming into having an enjoyable time. I know you do. Uh, it's it's a it's terrible, uh, and I have this is our fourth time coming down here. Each time is a delight, and I still fight it. Eat oh no, we it's going to be boring this time, or it's uh, you know I'm not possible. This I can't have a good yeah we can't do it we can't do it, and then I get here and then immediately I start to relax. Uh, my brain starts to feel really creative. I feel like writing and doing all sorts of things. I. I should get an easel and a palette and start painting. I have <laughs> yeah, no idea. Yeah. No one would buy the art, but you should <laughs> give it a shot. Yeah. I put a koi pond in the condo. I hope they're not <laughs> going to be too upset, but I love the sound of running water. Oh, I do too. It's great. And, and kids are so happy. I kids love it. Kids are so happy and their friends are so happy. So nice. it's, it's been fantastic. Nice. Let me, take a, let me take a little break. Patrick, Patrick Albanese is my guest as we get things started in the week. It is Monday, and uh, we always like to start on a lighter note. We'll take a short break and be right back. Welcome back to the show. So glad to have Patrick Albanese as my guest. You know him from the Patrick Albanese segment on Mondays, and he's uh, a regular guest. As you know, we get things started with Patrick, and he is on vacation in Florida, Florida, with his family, and uh, they're having yeah. a great time. We're loving, I'm loving hearing the update, Patrick. Oh, it's, it's you know, and now, when I was a kid, we, um, well, we only took a handful of vacations my entire childhood. In fact, I think on the first leg of the flight down here, my kids have officially been in an airplane more than I was my entire childhood. Okay. Yeah. 
because we never flew anywhere. And we, we basically did the same vacation the half a dozen times that we did it. The only thing that changed was the vehicle we got there in. It was either a station wagon or a Winnebago. And we'd go from <laughs> Chicago to, to Columbus, Ohio. And it was, mm-hmm. as the kids grew, my dad had to get, you know, rent the Winnebago. And it's like, hey, kids, we're going to, uh, you know, my sister's house, your Aunt Donna's restaurant. And guess what? You can work in her restaurant while we're there. <laughs> so, <laughs> Sounds like quite a vacation. Yeah, we got to work the drive through and our pay for doing it was uh, all the sodas you could drink because you got to work the soda fountain. Nice. You know, it's uh, yeah, it's just it's it's different. It's hard to get used to taking your kids on a flying vacation when I never got to. You know, we we just didn't have. I mean, the closest thing we had to a Cadillac on our street was the El Dorado family that lived a couple of doors <laughs> down. <you know? laughs> so, it's about it. Yeah. So um, we're we're I I okay and and correct me if this has not happened to you. You say. I do not need a vacation. I do not need to relax. Now, everybody get off my back. Right, right. right. And That's uh, a sure sign you, know, you need you know, it. And then, sure sign you need it. You know, you'll have maybe the occasional uh, wise person in the family, like my wife, who says, you know, even even God took a day, a day to rest just a, a wee tad. You might want to take one here and there. And uh, it's really true. It's really amazing the recharge and I know it's hard during the, the COVID times to uh, even consider doing something like that, but we were open to anything. We were going to, we would drive to Wisconsin and it's, it's been well worth it. Well worth it. Uh, I, I feel kind of charged up and happier. I was just getting, I was getting kind of depressed back home. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's I could, I'm reduced to doing these, these virtual magic shows which they're not that bad, but it's the virtual paycheck that I don't like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, do you have to report those on your income tax? I don't know. It's virtual. Yeah. It's a virtual 1099. I'm not sure. Well, I'm pretty sure God desires that we rest. And I think rest doesn't come naturally to us. Um, and we have to be able to trust that God w- will take care of things for us. Um, so we do need some time off. I think what you're saying, Patrick, and I hear it in your voice, is this is sort of this renewed enthusiasm and you know, Jesus's ministry so much was do ministry and then get off and be quiet and get off and rest, get off and be with uh, the Father. And I think that we just put the foot on the gas and never let up. I agree. And in, our, in a way, our need for constant chatter, whether it's actual uh, audible noise, visual noise, you know, social media. I mean, uh, you know, A, my attitude has improved tremendously, as you can tell. <laughs> but, uh, I, I find that I'm spending pretty close to zero time on any of the social media platforms, I realize, have I missed anything in the world? No. I, all I've missed is yet the, the latest proclamation of doom and gloom, which is not going to come true. And uh, it's kind of nice to sit back and say, you know, sometimes you can put these things in your father's hands and say, can you watch this while I relax? <laughs> and he's, I've been trying to get you to do that forever. I've got it. I'm the guy driving the bus, which if he's driving anything like our trolley driver, he's fast. <laughs> we had a very fast trolley driver. Yeah. Well, when you look at what the Bible teaches about fatigue and just that extreme exhaustion, I see it come up in all over the place. Um, and we, I think we all experience just that fatigue at times. 
even when we're shut in and we can do less, sometimes doing less makes us more tired. So you're you're just in a different environment, a different change of pace. You're in the ocean. You're doing all kinds of stuff, and it's uh, it's to be envied. I think it's great. Well, and you know, it's it's. I'm often reminded of uh, of a friend who's a classical guitarist, and you know, he's one of those people with so much talent. You probably don't want to be his friend, right? Of course, because it's embarrassing. I mean, if we started but, a talent uh, mafia, he'd be one of the first to go, wouldn't he? He would. It'd be. Let's put it this way: if there if there is a need for equilibrium in the universe, there are about a dozen people walking around with no talent whatsoever, <laughs> just so this guy can have a okay. <laughs> That's got you and me on the list, right? Yeah. But he takes his guitar strings, and he takes the stress off them every now and then. He says, "Well, you got to relax those strings every now and then, or they snap, kind of like people." Yeah. And. Uh, which is another reason not to like the guy because he's so clever, right? <laughs> right. And, yeah. But God told us that. He did tell us that. So, folks, if you can do it, do it. Yeah. And you will be, uh, if you're depleted emotionally and, and physically, you know, there's, the mind-body connection is pretty strong. And God does want us to take time to recharge and renew. And it doesn't have to be a trip to Florida, but it can certainly be a, a day where you're just getting away from your normal routine and maybe maybe picking up a an activity or something that's just a little out of your norm that alone can just give you some, yeah. some fresh outlook and some recharge. But you know, I know the people I've talked to so many people that are having so much trouble sleeping and you know, there's, they say they're not exercising enough and then their diet's bad. And I go, well, yeah, it's, it's all, it's all wrapped together. You know, it's fun. There, so we got in yesterday and I, as you know, I'm a, I'm a terrible sleeper, but last night I think I put, down a little over seven hours in a row, uninterrupted, which is so rare for me, woke up feeling like a new person. I said, okay, obviously I needed this. And, you know, you use the word routine. And for some reason, as you said it, I thought, isn't it interesting that three of the letters in routine are rut? <laughs> right. <laughs> so are you in a routine or are you in a rut? And, uh, you know, not only was I in a rut, uh, but it almost takes hitting a rock to get me out of that rut because it was a deep rut. And fortunately, I am married to the woman who proudly takes the position of that rock and says, we're getting you out of your rut. Mm-hmm. That's awfully like nice. Like it or not. And I have to thank her all the time. I was like, all right, you were right again. Yeah. Uh, Patrick, uh, I, I hate to be the master of the obvious here, but renewal is a continual process. Yeah, I mean, we the, this, this whole idea of work, rest, work, rest, and then then you need a break where you where you just have a change of environment and and you have a chance to sleep seven hours in a row because you've you've let go of so much of what you you hold on to all the time. I'm a, I'm a big fan well, of plus, what you're doing, just so you know. Yeah, and then it's it's really nice to have you go. You're not allowed a to do list. There is no to do. Yeah, good point. And that is, it's amazing how much of it stays in your head. And that's why you're restless and stressed because you go to bed and your brain kind of knows I've got a a big list of things to do tomorrow. I better get up early and get moving on it. And when you are in a position where you say you can't access that list, there's nothing that you can do. There's nothing that needs to be done. Your brain lets it all go and allows you to relax. And you say, oh my, I really needed that. Mm-hmm. I was just operating with this constant pressure I was putting on myself of got to go, got to do, got to do, got to move. Yeah. You know, 
more, and, more, more. Yeah, and then time management when you're home, you're everything's a crunch. You've got, you know, one task to the next task, and you've got everyone's schedules you have to maintain. I think one of the really nice parts about getting away, like you're doing in Florida right now, is you you put that that time management schedule to the side and say, whatever we want to do today, we're going to do. I think that's good. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's a, as you know, I tend to work out hard. I watch my diet as best I can. And then when you go on vacation where, you know, some of those rules, you say, well, it's okay to, to break those rules. Although I will say it's upsetting to me to see how all of that hard work in the gym can be nullified by a, a mere case of donuts in one city. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, 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 it's kind of nice to be able to say, you don't have to. And it's okay to go to Jerry's and get some of the world's best key lime pie. And it truly is some of the best key lime pie. And uh, then you go back and wait for everybody else to go to the pool and you sit down and eat it. Yeah. Well, I find it. Or I could share. Yeah. I'm I'm just so glad that I can talk to you on your little vacation you've got, and you can remind me and all of us how important it is to uh, get, get some time aside, and it doesn't have to be a trip to Florida, of course, um, but if you can take a trip and just be out of your environment and out of your your list-making and your time management crunches and your responsibilities, it's a good place to receive uh, new things from the Lord, fresh things from the Lord, because I think... You get into a different place and you and you start to hear things differently from him as well. Oh, yeah. The old be still and know that I am God. Yeah. Psalm forty six ten. Yeah. How am I how do I how am I to do that? It's like you need to find a way to turn off all the chatter. Mm-hmm. And the only way to turn off all the chatter, I'm not saying is vacation, but it's turn off all the chatter. Turn off the social media, turn off the phone, turn off the everything. And suddenly you're sitting there and you say, I actually believe somebody's communicating with me right now, and it's good. Yes. It's positive. It's uplifting. Yes. It was always there, but I couldn't be heard. Spiritual receptivity. I think it's something like that. You that put works your, for me. Yeah, you put yourself in a good place. Patrick, thank you so much for making time in your not-so-busy schedule today to uh, talk to me, <laughs> and you've given me fresh hope that I need a vacation myself, and I'll figure out a way to get one. I got just a place. They got a water slide. <laughs> but you got to be tall. <laughs> yeah, very, very tall to go on that water slide. Well, thanks for doing the show, very and uh, have a great uh, rest of the week, and I'll talk to you, I'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Yep. Patrick Albanese has been my guest. We'll take a little break, and we will be right back. Susie Larson Live on Faith Radio. It is the Monday Afternoon Mix. Welcome. Glad you're on the Monday Afternoon Mix train. The Miles Arnold Maxwell train. We're so glad that we've got David Miles back 
here in the studio. Rebecca, we missed him last week or so. He was in the Boundary Waters, or so he says. <laughs> I believe without, I was. without technology, so he says. <laughs> I was. Don't Speak. I don't I look lighter? I feel like one, I lost a lot of weight due to the number of mosquitoes and horseflies that suck blood <laughs> out of my system. Yeah. I'll take it out of you. But I look a little more puffier because of all the reactions to the number <laughs> of mosquitoes true. that no. have bit me. Those mosquitoes are the size of little collie dogs, aren't they? Oh, my they're goodness, big. they are. And who would have thought that something so small that weighs so little can occupy oh, your time? And that buzzing noise, that drives me nuts. Oh, But yes. you enjoyed it anyway in yeah. the midst of all that. I absolutely loved it. And being out in God's creation and just seeing the wonder of his handiwork uh, was amazing, and probably one of the best gifts of all was zero, may I say, zero cell phone coverage. Nice. So I left my phone, wow. and uh, it was me, my son, two other dads, uh, a couple other sons, and one of the dads, 79-year-old grandfather, or 79-year-old father, who was portaging 50-pound canoes. Wow. I mean, this dude That's was a—he was just— Incredible, yeah. So, and at least a week without a shower. Uh, you know, you jump in the lake. Yeah, that's yeah. not a shower. Yes. Okay. So <laughs> you're right. Uh, it, that's a jump in the lake. Yeah, a big difference. So we we did not have that wooded scented feel, smell. Yes. out there. So there there will There's be an no enchanting new, musk yes, smell in no, the camp area, wasn't there? That cologne is not coming out in the fall. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I've been talking a lot about salvation lately. I've been on a, a salvation kick when it's going to be another four or five weeks on Wednesdays and. Also, uh, I think we're going to have maybe a chance to discuss the plan of salvation and the gospel. David, you got some insight to that, don't you? Well, you know, one of the things that's really interesting is um, when we look at God's word, God does call us into a personal relationship. And uh, one of the things that I did on my time away was reading a really fascinating book called The King Jesus Gospel by Dr. Scott McKnight, who is a New Testament professor at Northern Seminary in Lombard. And it was really interesting because it was looking at, you know, we often, when we, when we talk about the gospel, we often will think of the gospel being, did someone pray the prayer, you know, and how do they come about that? And even like when we do church memberships, we want people to give a personal testimony. And he asked the question, like, is that the gospel? Like, is that the gospel? And biblically looking at the gospel, he said, you know, you have this issue of the story of Israel, the story of the Bible, and how Jesus is the fulfillment, the culmination of that. But but then all that as well is that there is a plan of salvation that God's given, and there's also a method of persuasion. But so oftentimes we focus just on plan of salvation. And he makes the contention that really are we as committed to the gospel, are we soterians, meaning that we're really more about salvation. And what the plan of salvation does in those things, it allows us to kind of know who's in and who's out. And it was just really a fascinating look because one of the things in churches that we, we wrestle with is wanting people to grow as disciples, you know, um, Go, therefore, make disciples, mathetes, followers of Jesus, and baptizing them uh, in his name and lo and with you to the end of age. And so some people make a decision, but that whole decision of following Jesus um, becomes one where people sometimes think, oh, that's, that's for the pastor, missionary, and the special person. So he gets into the, the conversation of churches having members that are a part of it, and then the decided who decided through evangelism. But oftentimes people aren't getting too discipled. 
that they're following Jesus, mm. so that we often really have a salvation culture versus necessarily a gospel culture. That's interesting, David, because the discipleship part is the much harder part. That takes work, commitment, sacrifice, uh, getting messy with people, and spending lots and lots and lots of time in the Word, praying with them and equipping them. Yeah, right? it's, it's the part of Jesus saying, you know, pick up your electric chair, like literally, and follow me daily. You mm-hmm. know, we hear cross and we're like, but putting it contextually that we can understand, he's calling us to a daily walk. And you see in Scripture, Jesus gives these four calls. The first one was, come and see. You know, so in the beginning of John, you know, Nathaniel, he's like, come and see where I'm at. But then he had, follow me. And then he had, be with me and remain in me. And so there was this idea of deepening and walking with Jesus for the whole of our life. And sometimes many people simply are like, okay, well, I at one time in my life made a decision for Christ and then I went and lived however I want to because I had fire insurance mm-hmm. and I'm okay. And in the end, God is just going to have to accept me because I've done that, but I've not really made a decision to follow. I've decided and stopped instead of I have decided to follow Jesus. Okay. I think you blew through that too fast. We got to go back that over that one more time. What are the four things again? There's a part of scripture that talks about in the gospels. We see these basically four calls, these four imperatives that Jesus gives in Scripture, being come and see. Come and see. Yep, I love that. So we would see like in, I believe it's John 1, and Jesus tells the disciples, you know, come and see where I'm at. And then the other one is follow me. Um, And he would say, you know, the idea of follow me, follow me as disciples. You Mm -hmm. know, we see that in the call of the disciples. And then he had um, be with me. And then the last one was remain in me. And so a lot of people have come and seen Jesus. Some have accepted the call to follow, but they tend to think those other parts are for the you know professional, mm-hmm. whatever that looks like, or missionary or someone like that, instead of Jesus is calling us daily to pick up our cross and walk with him for the whole of our life. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, I was thinking of... Romans 8, because that's what I was doing in my Bible study this morning with my group. And the, the first verse is, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So when you talk about um, being in Christ, abiding in him, remaining in him, that's, that's where we want to live. Yeah. And, and I, I remember a couple of weeks ago, Rebecca brought that up in uh, John 15, that Jesus is the vine and that we need to stay connected in him. That's yeah. where the life is. Yeah, that's we where the life is. We abide in him. So, you know, yesterday uh, someone stopped by to look at some paint stuff at our house, and we were we were ta- discussing things like carpet. So, like, I have a Roomba, and I like, I like clean carpets, and I have a Dyson vacuum cleaner. Those are nice. Oh, I love this thing. My kids are actually, Dad, you got issues. Because I do. <laughs> you and like they, your vacuum too much. I do. I like to vacuum. And, but, <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, if, 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 you know, I'm vacuuming and I'm doing, you know, my best James Brown or whatever, ow, I feel good. And I'm just like <laughs> vacuuming along. But if Tammy walks in the house and she sees me doing this, um, but the plug to the Dyson is not plugged in, I'm thinking that the elders might get a phone call. 
Oh, yeah. At least our care ministries are going to be like, um, babe, uh, you, you're not plugged in. <laughs> you know, and yeah. so we're missing that opportunity. And I mean, like, plugged in to a source of electricity. So think about this for a moment. You're plugged into a source of electricity that you can't see coming from a distant source outside of yourself. You can't see it, but its effects you can see. And in the same way, as you're saying, Rebecca, God wants us to be plugged into him so that there is actually a visible change and transformation in our life, and that happens by the Holy Spirit. But you're right, Bill. We need to be in Christ. Yeah. And you can still, you know, lay down those nice tracks on the carpeting without it plugged in. And that kind of has a nice look to it. Oh, I do like the line thing. (laughs) Yeah? I do. It's just, yeah. Yeah, but you do have some issues, but we can talk about that. At, an, at another time. So I, I love this. I love the plan of salvation. And I love this. Come and see, follow me, be with me, remain in me. That's, that's good. Really good. Yeah. One of the things that was just fascinating here, um, uh, Pastor Paul Schoolmeister, one of our pastors, we've been in a series in the Sermon on the Mount. And he did uh, Matthew 7, uh, 21. Um, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Um, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them the words, like probably the worst words that anyone could ever hear is Jesus saying, "Um, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. What was something interesting that Paul had brought up in this this message was it's interesting that the people that Jesus is describing here are people that we would actually thought were super saints, you know, not just, you know, just kind of casually meandering. But here's people that were like really like actively seemingly engaged. And he's saying, you know, yeah, you prophesied, you cast out demons, did mighty works. But he's saying, I didn't know you, you know, and so. There's an importance for us to be in Christ, you know, and this is a walk that's done by his grace, in his power, for his glory, because it's true. We can't earn our salvation, but we can yield ourselves fully to him to live in and through us. And I think that's an important point to just to clarify. I know it can feel like when people hear that reminder, we think, oh, no, I'm just driving in my own strength again. And, you know, it's it's not good enough. And I I feel like I I can't get there. Oh, I, I forgot again. And that it's more doing. And that performance mentality is a treadmill that can suck you in before you even realize it. I think because it's so endemic to our human nature, I need to do a checkup and figure out, am am I good? (laughs) Mm-hmm. Or, or am I back on the treadmill again? So how do we know for sure that we're laying it down, that we're submitting instead of trying to pick it back up again? I'm not answering that, David. <laughs> the pointing that's fingers tough, are That's going. a tough question. And she was looking at you. She was looking at me. <laughs> yeah. That's true. This is why well, the visuals know, would be helpful for the listeners. Yeah, this is why you are not like, looking I'm at me. I'm so happy to be back <laughs> from back in the studio because before that, we've been like, who's? Um, you know, one of the things is... Good thing we're not live right now, right? Oh, we are live. Yeah, we are live. Ah, Your question again. How do we know for sure that we're submitting? We, you know, we think we are, but we could just be on the treadmill of doing the good works and thinking I'm a good Christian. And we wonder why we're tired all the time. 
time. Right. So how do we know that we're submitting and allowing the power of God to work through us and partnering with him in that instead of it being all about our our own actions? Right. You know, one of the things is, is truly resting in his grace, because I think sometimes, in our, especially in, in our Western culture, we tend to forget that we can't live this Christian walk, you know, and so we often are inclined to beat ourselves up for all the things that we're not doing or think that we're not doing. But where we are deficient is our opportunity to press into Christ. So are we are we walking away from a situation saying, oh, yeah, I, I smoke that. I got that. You know, I'm great. Or are we walking away from situations to say, God, I can see how you're working in my life. I can see how I'm resting in your wisdom and in your strength. You know, right now, all the kids are home and, you know, we don't know what's about to happen with the fall. And as a mom, I'm ready to pull my hair out. And and now I'm watching you love through me and give me a measure of patience that I don't that I don't have. And so the devil loves to get us on a treadmill and continually beat upon ourselves. The Lord loves to get us off the treadmill and to resting in him and to leaning in him. I would say that the person, you know, I've had people come to me and they said, you know, Pastor Miles, I'm kind of worried, like, did I commit the unpardonable sin, you know? And I'm usually like, if you're like this concern and you're, you know, you're actually thinking about it and and it's actually an issue of concern for your heart, yeah, more than likely you haven't, you know, because you're, you're actually concerned about God's heart and you're actually concerned about honoring him versus the person who who doesn't. They're just kind of like, you know, forget you, God, and anything becomes an opportunity to say, I'm not going to believe in you. And that's that's a um, good time to take a break. We are uh, in the studio with uh, Pastor David Miles for the Monday afternoon mix with Miles Arnold and Maxwell. We'll take a little break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Monday Afternoon Mix with Miles Arnold and Maxwell. I'm enjoying this. It's nice to be together again. So, uh, David, when people have talk about the, have I committed the unpardonable sin? I mean, let's just be clear what that is. It's the complete, utter rejection of God. Yeah, I the think, blaspheming of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, there was a part, and I'm trying to remember if it was actually like John 7. It might be off, but there's a part where Jesus commits, or not Jesus commit. Jesus does a healing, and basically the people are attributing that to, um, attributing it to Beelzebub. They're they're attributing it to the prince of demons, and Jesus is like, no, this is this is the work of God, and that any sin would be forgiven except for blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so that was the context of the passage that he was he was describing. I think just important to remind listeners that if you are in Christ, if you abide in him, uh, you will never hear those words away from me. I never knew you. That's a uh, never going to, they're never going to hear it. Yes. All right. I've got a lot of strong community support on that one. <laughs> Sorry, Bill. I was looking up passages about casting out demons. I got a little I, you bit. Know, and I was looking down at flipping and you've got to keep your head in the game here. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I repent, Bill. I am sorry. Will you I'm, forgive I'm me? I'm in the present moment. And you guys okay. are looking up verses. <laughs> How dare we? <laughs> I know. Look to God's word. 
Well, you're digging too, David, for something. I want to well, hear those I was going pages back turn. To, yes, I was, I was going back to that, that one passage, and I was wanting to make sure, because remember, context is king, and wanting to make sure that I was reading in the right passage of that. And it wasn't the Gospel of John, but I can't remember which one it is. Um, you know, John, First John uh, 5 talks about, um, he writes and says, I've written these things that you might... Um, know that you have life. And it's that he who has the Son of God has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. I've written these things that you might know, not that you might guess or throw dice, right. that you have life. Um, back to our, our conversation about salvation culture versus gospel culture, I think one of the things that happens there is because we have kind of a salvation culture where we're like, you know, did someone, you know, pray the prayer? And that that's that's kind of it, and then we're and some people think I've done that, and I'm done, and the twain will never meet. We end up reading passages like matthew twenty five on the other passage where it says, "Depart from me," and that's the story of the of the sheep and the goats, and you know um Jesus says. Uh, to those on his right, come ye who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was stranger, you welcomed me. I was naked, you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, you came to me. And the righteous answered him, when did we do all those things? He says, truly, I say to you, as you did to one of the least of these, you did to my, to at least of my brothers, you did to me. And then he does the same for the goat, saying they didn't do this. What's interesting is Jesus is discuss, discussing, you know, heaven and hell here. But nowhere in this passage is he saying that you prayed the prayer. Actually, the things that he's saying in this passage, many, even in our listening audience, if someone brought that up, they would say, oh, that's the social gospel. Or you're, you're a liberal. You know, you fall into Marxism. It's like, no, Jesus is not saying, like, I prayed the prayer. He's like... He's like, these people demonstrated with their life that the gospel was infusing and living in a way that Jesus lived himself. And he's saying, you're doing this to the least of them. You're doing it to me. And I think sometimes when we understand the gospel being the story of Israel and how Jesus fulfilled that and seeing how Jesus lived his life, that that's also part of the gospel. And the, the part of making a decision for him is still very much key. And in receiving Christ, that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Mm-hmm. So so I think what happens is, and this is the contention that Knight, uh, McKnight is making, is that we sometimes truncate the gospel and, and make it more about the plan of salvation than it is the gospel, what Jesus has done. And we focus over here instead of focusing on the whole gospel. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's easy to start, though, with a, have a starting point with somebody. Do you know Jesus as your mm-hmm. Savior? And, you know, do you, do you want to put your faith and trust in him? Yes. Do you want to repent? So salvation is so critical because that's really where we um, start this wonderful journey mm-hmm. into the relationship with God. Yeah, we want, we want you, and even as you're listening today, if you've not made a decision to trust Christ... God is calling to you and saying, come, follow me. I gave my life to die on a cross, to be buried, to be raised from the dead and the resurrection, that you might have life eternal. And 
either you are saved only only two ways that man can save himself. You either you're saved by what you do, or what has been done for you. And so, if you're listening to this, and God is just speaking to your heart, we invite you, we implore you, to say, Jesus, yes, I want to know you. I want to receive your gift of eternal life, and I want to follow you with my life. Take my life and make it what you want it to be. I want to exchange my life for your life. It's a complete transfer. It's a complete exchanged life. It is, and it's like really not. It's definitely not an equal exchange. Like, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> like god i'm giving you my like lost blood self big bumpy mosquito bitten self for your perfect son yeah who hasn't taken a shower in eight days <laughs> um i've taken a shower no but i mean when you're up in the north you were in the boundary waters he didn't shower i was just using that as an example you can come to him anyway anytime yes and you're right the exchange is amazing it's really more about what we get than what he gets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's <laughs> for sure. And it's yeah. the recognition of that every single day that allows us, that empowers us to walk this out every day. And and I was returning maybe back to where we started to bookend this um, in Luke 9. Uh, the context of that pick up their cross daily and follow me is is the gospel itself, is a repetition or, or a preview in this case when Jesus says the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, the super saints, so to speak. Mm-hmm. He must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. So Jesus says himself, to all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. So I think that is kind of the salvation nutshell, the gospel nutshells right there. And it's a promise of Jesus himself, but it's that daily recognition of that exchange that empowers us. We're coming to him and submitting again, Lord, do what you will with me. I've been bought and paid for, and I am in Christ. Yep. Now, allow me to serve you, work with me through you. That is our daily call. Yeah. So tell me again what the theme was today of the Monday afternoon mix. Are we supposed to have a theme? Well, I think today we were, we were I, I think it was just wonderful, the, the, the plan of salvation versus the gospel. And let's invest in discipleship, and let's make sure that we're making disciples. Yeah. And, and, and because that's what Jesus called us to do, mm-hmm. and He called us to to walk with Him, and I love the fact that He didn't leave it to ourselves because we do not have the capacity to do so. And and I think that's one of the things that you know back to what you were asking earlier, Rebecca. We can fall into this guilt and beating up when we think that it's really us um, that's having to drive the ship. You know, we surrender our will to him and we ask him to fill us with your life. Do what we can't do because in the end it points to him and gives glory to him because we know ourselves and we know how we're inclined to want to respond or act. But then when we see God living and working um, in us, that's just really cool. Mm -hmm. So, David, thank you so much. If today is a person's day of salvation, you would say what to them? I would say what Scripture says, um, now is the time of God's favor, and now is the day of salvation. Do not receive God's grace in vain, meaning you've heard this, so accept it. Accept Amen. it today. Amen. You know, don't wait. Yeah. You know, don't put it off, and don't like, well, you know, no, 
The gift is before you. Wow. Receive the gift yes. today now. Hear these words. Receive this gift of salvation. If God is speaking to your heart right now, today is your day of salvation. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you uh, so much. The Miles Arnold Maxwell Monday Afternoon Mix. That's all we've got for today. We'll take a short break and we'll be right back with lots more. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.